Hello and how are you to all sports lovers out there? My name is Robbie Gillette and welcome to conversation number 16 of the Keeping It Real with Robbie podcast where we chat all things on the mental side of sport to stories, laughs and banter. Whether it's old pigskin or the old leather ball, we've got you. Today I'm joined by Howie Khan, a man who has somewhat conquered rugby journalism and has made a huge impact on the world of sport in South Africa and around the world, having worked with the Leicester Tigers, Western Province and the Crusaders and is currently responsible for the marketing of the juggernaut that is Adidas South Africa. Join us as we follow Howie's journey and tap into the unbelievable stories he has to tell. I consider myself very lucky chatting to him and I certainly left this chat wanting more. Maybe over a beer or two next time. I hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you guys think. Uh, Howie, how's it going? Robbie, very good man. And you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. I'm, I'm Addy head to toe today. Uh, and, and you know what they say about being Addy head to toe? You can't, you can't be bad. You can't have a bad day uh, in Addy. So yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm eager to chat to a guy that I really admire, uh, I think, you know, for what you've achieved in your career, uh, specifically in the sporting sphere. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know you personally, but I know your dad, and I'm sure you're a great dad at that. Um, but sure, Howie, Howie's quite a, a humble guy. So what I say now, he's going to brush off and he's going <laughs> to he's gonna deny it. But yeah, is that a seriously impressive career? And, and by the way, I think you should have a Wikipedia page. Uh, just from, <laughs> I, I sent I sent Howie the contents, and then he hit hit me back with all these things, you know. And I was like, okay, well, this has certainly taken my uh, my excitement levels through the roof. Um, but you're a guy who somewhat conquered rugby journalism, uh, having worked with John Dobson, uh, with Rugby Three Six Five, the Leicester Tigers, the Crusaders. I suppose success follows how he can. Am I right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I follow success. Eh? I'm, a, I'm a glory hunter. I just got after the big, the big teams and the big brands. Eh? So, listen. First and foremost, your your flattery will get you everywhere. Um, I mean, you're saying nice things about me. You're wearing Adidas, and we might as well end it while we're ahead here. Head to toe. Yeah, no, but it's it's like a really like a chat. I mean, it turns out I know your uncle. I mean, you can't oh. hide from people in Cape Town, can you? Not, a, um, not, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, flip. It's it's honestly, I think you've actually run out of guests. That's why you come to me. I mean, you've, you've, managed, you've done well, Robbie. You've got you've had some brilliant guests on. I'm lucky enough to know. I think about. 99% of them, um, some outstanding guests, and I've, I've listened to a few of your podcasts, so well done to you, and keep oh, it going, man, just enjoy awesome. what you're doing, and, and I'm sure you'll keep getting some great guests, uh, I mean, I guess, obviously, I can't be worse than Tom Dawson Squibb, um, <laughs> I, I definitely, it's good to know that you allow people with zero sporting talent to be on the show, so well, the that's guy, Tom and I. The guy who hosted has zero sporting talent, so I guess I'll be like, who am I to judge? <laughs> we should start our own little podcast there. Oh, you know? well, that's the thing. Yeah. Me and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and you are, I guess, you, you're running the, 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 the juggernaut, the, the monster, that, or that is sports marketing for ADSA. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm lucky you are, I'm, I'm privileged to have you on. Uh, and, and I know this may be a bit off script, but not off topic. So I'm going to run with it. Uh, mm. So you mentioned, you know, Leicester Tigers, your long relationship with um, John Dobson, media consulting for the Crusaders. I think let's, can you kind of just chat us through how you got into those positions? And then once we chat about your 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 role with province a bit later, then we can go into comparing notes and that. But I think let let's chat about how you got into that those yeah, yeah. years. No sure. I mean, just I actually want a quick a quick question to you. How old are you, and what's your background? Because this also lead me into my answer. Okay, I am twenty years old, uh, mm -hmm. first year student at UCT. I mm -hmm. uh, decided to take a gap year last year, uh, which didn't work out, so I ended up redoing my maths. So I had a great year last year. <laughs> Lots of fun. Um, it's terrible. Yeah. And what, uh, are you, what are you studying, Ravi? So I'm doing psychology and media, uh, media okay, studies. Cool. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's where you want to go, right? Media is the, is the place you want to go. You know, Howie, to be honest with you, at that, when I first started this, no, I wanted to do coaching. Uh, but now I'm just I'm going to go with the flow and see what happens. Mm. And, you know, I'm not going to set myself to a, uh, a specific path if you get what I'm saying mm. yeah so I mean this this kind of like leads me into my answer so I I was very uh, lucky I went to Weinberg Boys you know, the, the college of knowledge uh, Shame, produced some, out, <laughs> some outstanding sportsmen along the way 
and our, we did work shadows in our grade 11 years and at nine. I went to school a long, long time before you did, closer to your <laughs> uncle and your dad, I think, unfortunately. Um, and we, we had this gap at the, uh, in the middle of our son at nine years, uh, well, grade 11, just, just after the exams, and we had a gap to do a work shadow. Mm. So uh, my first love was cricket. And I opted to go do my work shadow at SA Cricket Action Magazine, which is now SA Cricket Magazine okay. or Cricket Mag, I think what it's called. And I did a work shadow there. Um, and the editor was Clive Deering, who, who's done a lot of publishing in his time. And uh, he was just very busy with the deadline. And after my first, towards the end of my first day, they uh, sort of wandered out the office and bumped into John Dobson, Thanks. who I didn't know who the hell he was. He was 20, uh, 26 at the time. Um, and he had just become the editor of SA Rugby Magazine. And we kind of just hit it off. And um, next thing I was, we were driving around Cape Town buying some stuff because he was off to the World Cup final in 95. It was a couple of days before the 95 World Cup final, wow. which was a number of years before your birth, obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we just hit it off. And, and, and after that, every holiday, uh, every opportunity, every school holiday, uh, my initial sort of first year of varsity back, I went back and I worked at SRA Rugby Magazine. I, was, I used to file photos. Like back in the day, you had print photos or, or like yeah. slides. And that's how we filed them. I did newspaper cuttings. I did all kinds of stuff. And all I got at the end of the day was a, a pile of magazines to take home. And a, yeah, maybe a, they were actually uh, BM, BMG, I think Sony Music or something to that effect used to be in the same building. But that's yeah. it. I used to get discount on CDs. So <laughs> I was able to buy like a couple of CDs at a discount price and, and magazines. And I was like, you know, and I think I once got a sports and warehouse voucher. So life was sweet. Sure. And um, Living. yeah, just, just, yeah, exactly. Um, and kept in touch with John. I mean, these are days before cell phones. So you had to phone home. Like uh, I, um, I remember one Sunday phoning and his dad answered Paul, who, who very sadly passed away quite yeah. recently. And he yeah. said, don't you have manners? And sort of put the phone down on me because I phoned <laughs> on a Sunday night and didn't even introduce myself. <laughs> and then from there, um, 1999 in my third year, my very checkered third year of my academic studies. Yeah, very scenic, very, very scenic. <laughs> John started Rugby 365. Um, no. yeah, there was a guy that he knew from UCT, and next thing you know, they started Rugby 365, and he wanted me to come work for him. And I said, listen, there's no way I'm going to do this. Thanks, for, I'm studying. And the next thing, he, he rocked up at my house on the Monday morning and said, get in, we're going. And uh, <laughs> I went to work, and um, and that was that. A um, couple of months later, um, Yonder Quinning, who was an like old hack in those days already, he, at Sarpa and all that, he's still there now, believe it or not, 20-odd oh. years later, still holding the fort. Deong Borchardt, who's uh, one of the SA Rugby comms guys, he worked there with me. Richard Hardiman, who was a, a part-time DJ on KFM in those days. Nick said who's become a prolific content editor. In the, in the soccer world and we were all these these youngsters working together and just loving wow, it yeah, we worked awesome. these like late nights and saturday sundays and we just wrote and spoke and just it was just rugby 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 it was it was yeah. insane yeah and um yeah it all just i mean like i was definitely thrown in the deep end i i had no idea what i was doing how what i was writing about how to write like and, and I just learned on the job and we watched the, the 99 World Cup was our first major assignment, you know, so we, we were there. Wow. Fortunately, the time zones weren't too bad. Um, it was in the UK then, um, but we grafted, you know, like full sort of 12, 14 hour shifts, seven days a week. It was absolutely insane. And the cool thing was on a, whenever you worked late, you could go and get, um, you could get a meal and get your, your money back with your receipt. So we okay. all used to, we worked at Albion Springs and we used to yes. jump in whoever had a car and drive to Chippy's Prager. Oh. In those days, a, a Prager oh. steak roll was, was 20 rand or something stupid. My word. Um, get back and, and add the receipts together and claim some exorbitant amount and then go get beers with the, <laughs> with the rest of the money, you know. So we, yeah, we, we really had a great time and um, like learning on the job, as I said, and and, and Rugby 365 evolved. It got bought out by Planet Rugby okay. in the okay. early 2000s. And we became like a huge rugby content house. And life was fantastic. And even through the little internet bubble that burst, we still kept going. And, and then, yeah, 2004, I got a call out of the blue from, from Leicester Tigers to go work in their communications department, which sounds wonderful. It was just two of us. But um, <laughs> yeah, I basically, yeah, I basically <laughs> packed my bags. Our office was like a little prefab at Welford Road, a fantastic stadium. But like coming from, from Newlands and all that, yeah. you know, 40-odd thousand people, 48 thousand people <laughs> got to Welford Road where Martin Johnson and them just won a World Cup. And the, the capacity was 16,000. And my office Jeez. was like a little prefab on a ladder. <laughs> um, and that was also just, you know, as a, what was that? 
So that was as a 26 year old working there, traveling a little bit uh, around Europe with the team and stuff, which w was incredible. Met some incredible people there, people yeah. I worked with, people in the rugby side of things. Um, absolutely outstanding. Came back, obviously rejoined 365 as one does. Obviously. Uh, back, back, <laughs> back under Dobbo's uh, reign again, his reign of terror and uh, evolved a little bit and sort of led the content teams. And um, I, at that stage, Prime Media bought Rugby 365. So I was okay. involved with iAfrica.com, which is a big news portal at that stage. And um, yeah, just kept chugging, chugging. And then there, I started getting into the marketing side of things a bit. So okay. eventually I said, look, I've had enough of this. And I, I started my own little business. Okay. doing marketing and PR and comms and stuff like that and picked up the Varsity Cup account and FAB Classic Clashes. And, and that's when I did a bit of consultancy with the Crusaders uh, because I knew Daryl Gibson, who was at Leicester Tigers when I was there and, you know, ended up that, that year, 2011, the Crusaders were here twice. So I worked for them both those weeks. I sat in like team talks. Wow. And I never forget the media conference I had to arrange for Sonny Will Williams and the, the, the amount of media that turned up for that was just like was Must just truly insane because Sonny was a you know definitely ahead of his time. Nobody knew what he was like as a rugby player, but as a sort yes. of marketing, as a brand, he was, everybody wanted a piece of him. And <laughs> that was absolutely incredible, like a, a huge thrill to meet him and to work with him. Um, and then thereafter, I think, uh, to be honest with you, I'd realized at that stage that the communications life was more me, not, not the sort of mainstream media. Um, I couldn't see myself doing that forever. Um, and I think that the dream was always to get into Western Province Rugby. Um, and yeah, very fortunately, I always, uh, always tell him, uh, got to thank Andre Pollard for it because he had just, there was a big furor, big media storm over him signing for the Bulls um, yes. in 2012. And Western Province didn't actually have a media manager at that stage. And that's when they decided, listen, they actually need a media manager. They can't keep <laughs> taking hidings like this in the media. Um, I saw the job going, uh, being advertised. I put my name in the hat. I, I seemingly interviewed well. And, uh, and that was that. Jeez. Ended up there for, uh, for four years. Brilliant, great memories. Oddly enough, got reunited with John Dobson again. <laughs> Kept trying to get away from him. Can't but got get reunited away from him. Again. Can't get away from him. <laughs> And then um, at the start of, or end of 2015, I moved over to Adidas in my, in my current role. Wow. What, I suppose, what was, what's it like working with, with John Dobson? He just, he seems like a, a guy who, who's very driven. Now, listen, he, he is the most unique individual you will ever come across. And the, the crazy thing is, like, I think he's an outstanding writer. I mean, he's got his master's in creative writing, so he should actually, he could write sure. a fantastic book one day. But I think I would actually like to write the book about him because <laughs> he's, far, he's far too humble. Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't mention half the stuff that he's actually done. I mean, we used to win, um, you know, he coached UCT when I was actually away in England uh, for like a year and a half. And they won the InterVarsity in Stellenbosch in 2004, just before I left, actually. And that was the first time they'd won InterVarsity in, in 18 years or something stupid like that. Uh, and he took this team with like Dallin Stanford and Paul Mbiozo, David Ricketts, Richard Ince, who was the hooker who weighed like 62 kilograms or something. <laughs> and they were up against this, the star-studded Marty's team and they yeah. beat them in Stellenbosch. Wow. They played on the Saturday. Some people only go back to Cape Town on the Tuesday. Obviously. Uh, after, <laughs> as, as Obviously. you would imagine. Exactly. exactly. And then he, he actually, he, he lost his job there and then sort of went to the rugby wilderness, so to speak, for a while. But then he realized, no, hang, on, hang on, I actually want to be a coach. Because at UCT in that era, it was very amateur. And he then went and upskilled himself. And he went to the Murray Mexit Academy and, and all kinds of things. And he, he upskilled himself bit by bit. And when the Varsity Cup started it in 2008, that was his sort of rebirth again. He had, he had coached UCT under-21s the year before, a very, very talented team. Yeah. Guys like uh, Kyle Brown, Donna Munt, uh, Matt Rosley were all in that team. They, you know, they beat everybody, like ap like everybody, Marty's included by by 50 every week. And um, yeah, he, I mean, he used to go in the Varsity Cup days and he used to, go, every Friday we used to go to like to the Rondebosch, always back to Rondebosch for some reason, to the <laughs> Rondebosch clicks. And he used to go, he used to spend 800 Rand on strapping all of his own, of his own money. Sure. On the Monday, the guys would go eat before the game. He had host them for a massive lunch the pre-meal, uh, um, sorry, the pre-game meal would be at yeah. his house. His wife would cater and he would give them the team talks and do all the video stuff there and everything. And the amount of preparation that he puts into a game, I mean, I've, I've seen him so broken after matches because he, he just can't, you know, after losses, he's a terrible loser. I, I even used yeah. to beat him on PlayStation back in the day <laughs> for a week. But um, just what he puts into it and, and what he wants from his players, he just wants them to, to, to be better people. I just want him to leave everything out there on the weekend. And, 
and he wants him to also have a good night out afterwards. He's very good like that. He, he believes the guys need to have a bit of fun, be balanced. And no, he's a remarkable human, uh, intelligent, driven, um, and, and not, not scared to think out the box and take a chance. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. I mean, from already from the what five minutes or I don't know how long, but we've been on yet. It's 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 these are stories that I feel like you've got just lined up. Um, <laughs> awesome, awesome to have a beer with face to face. Once, <laughs> once you'll arrange. Once I'll we, give you the real stories then. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> once we get the studio up and running for the podcast, and we're gonna have to have a, a recall of how he can for the. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think let's uh, let's go to your role at Adidas. You know, like you. As you said, you left at the end of 2015 and you're with Province. That must have been a fairly good gig. What made you switch over to, to Addy? Yeah, you know, I, I thought I was going to die at Province. I thought that was my job. You know, I've done it. Yeah. I'm, I can't remember. I actually, I'm losing my mind already. I'm only 41 <laughs> and a bit, almost 42, and I can't remember my ages and stuff. But I, I think I was like in my sort of mid-ish 30s, almost mid-30s, and um Life was great. Um, I hadn't met my wife yet, so I was still able to push the hours working and stuff like that. So the yeah. one thing is that like since 99, since I was 21, I was working almost seven days a week. You know, like rugby's yeah. a, you know, rugby media, um, rugby communications, whatever, any, any, any media job is, is all encompassing. It's a seven day a week job, whether you like it or not, you know, so mm -hmm. at Province Rugby, your Sundays were spent speaking to the coaches and prepping for the week with regards to the media conferences and the media access and all that. Uh, doing an injury report, just finding out what's going on, what tone you need to have sort of set for the week. Then your Monday, Monday through to Friday is prepping for the weekend. Um, Friday normally involved a few beers just to relax. And then <laughs> Saturday was work again, you know, whether yeah. it was home or away. Uh, so I think the, to be brutally honest, the, the big attraction was just having a bit of a normal life, just getting okay. rid of the, of the weekend work. Uh, and the other, the other attraction was, you know, just to try something new, just to evolve a bit. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, hell, I, I'm coming up to five years now and I think I've evolved so much. Like I thought, I thought I knew everything at Western province in the rugby sphere, but I've come into a business that just is just insane. You know, it's a uh, 60,000 employees around the world. You know, we've got That's 50 mad. stores in South Africa alone. It's, you know, it's, it is a massive brand. And um, I'm just, the one thing I must say is I'm damn grateful or I'm damn lucky. Number one, and damn grateful for the places I've worked and the people that I've met, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't myself very, you know, I think as a kid, you grow up, you think that good luck is to win the lottery or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but I think I've got very lucky along the way. Uh, I've worked very hard at connections. We've very worked very hard at relationships and yeah. people in the, in the industry. Um, and yeah, and I think it's, I'd like to think it's sort of served me. Okay. Over, mm. over my professional life. That's why I, I'm I'm loving this this podcast so much. Not because of anything else that I get to. Okay, so now it's over Zoom, but you know potentially in the next year I'll be I'll be I'm I'm, I'm meeting people in the in the industry and I'm loving it. Um, mm -hmm. but I want to go back to something that you said now with regards to you know living a normal life. Uh, did you so would you say that you struggled with uh, almost wor like working all the time? When somewhat your mind doesn't switch off because uh, you know I, no. I say like I'm going to go like hard for six months yeah you know uh, and then it's like well then six months turns into six years and then you sit in there like you've worked so hard uh, and you haven't uh, I don't know I guess played um, yeah no listen I look I, I tell you what I never Hell, there was never a lack of playing. I can promise you that. The, the one thing is you, you would work for, work for 12 hours and then go play for 12 hours and it wasn't enough time to sleep. But yeah. it's just like, like small things like, because um, I was so working full-time at a young age, I missed 21st, I missed weddings, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, you, it was probably quite hard to have a proper relationship with someone. Um, yeah. And that's why I, I think like when my, my wife and I got pretty serious at that stage, it was also like kind of in my thinking and knowing that hopefully there'd be a family in the not too distant future. Um, look, I think it, I mean, I sound like an old man here, but at your age, just flip and go for it. Eh? Like balls to yeah. the wall, draw yeah, as yeah, much yeah. as you can, work, like any, any like travel related opportunity within work, just go for it. Um, but I think eventually, and cause that's, that's the time you've got to sort of, uh, yeah, this industry is not going to, you're not going to retire at 40 in this industry. I can promise you that, yeah. but you, but that, I think your, all your, your buildup is all about, 
building as many connections and making as much experience and experiences as possible. It's different mm -hmm. to being an accountant or a lawyer where by the time you get to 40, you actually can sort of pick your jobs a bit and wind down a bit and the income starts increasing quite yeah. considerably. Yeah, yeah. Um, where I was always, I was of all my peer, of my peer group, I was a guy working from a young age. So that's why they were always able to make the 21sts and the weddings and whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, no, I think like zero regret certainly. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't say um, there wasn't enough time for anything. It's just a case of prioritizing as you, as you get a bit older in life. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, what so what does your role look like at, at Adidas? And then I guess, what does Howie Khan's office look like? Is it nine to five in a cubicle or you, it looks like you're out and about quite a bit. Uh, yeah. How does Howie Khan's office look? Just, I wish I could get out and about more. Look, obviously this year has been a bit mad. So my office has been my dining room table, dining room table at yes. home or my in-laws yeah. house down the road. Uh, very fortunate they let me work in there, a little downstairs. It's actually the playroom for the grandkids and I put a little <laughs> table in there and started working a bit. Um, so yeah, my office, it's quite simple. I'm actually, I'm actually at work now. Um, we, we, we're on rotation at the moment. So you only come in every second week and then the other week you work from home. Crazy. So not many people are back. We've got like kind of almost like a call center sort of set up here. Um, simple, you know, desk with your, with your keyboard and screen, you plug your laptop in and you do your work. Um, and then yeah, I'm out and about not as much. I think, you know, don't social media can sort of uh, catfish yeah. you a bit, you know, it looks yeah. quite exotic that you're traveling <laughs> to these far off destinations or whatever, but nah, you, you have your moments. You, you actually have your moments where you, you just physically so busy, you cannot leave the office. Um, and then other times you manage to sneak off maybe for a midweek round of golf with a couple of rugby players or something. And, and uh, <laughs> of course it sneaks onto social media. I think you always like to boast Obviously. so your mates can, yeah. you know, your mates that are lawyers and accountants can see what life's really like. Um, <laughs> But the key is, again, also in, in, in my role, so I, I work within the sports marketing department and it's also very relationship driven. Um, yes, you know, yeah. You've got to have good relationships with players and agents and, and, and people within the business as well. So yeah, it's, uh, every day is different as well. That, which I is think that is uh, very cool. No, it really is nice, I must say. It, again, without trying to slate my mates here that have the real jobs, you know, <laughs> I don't think their days are too different. Um, They've done damn well for themselves, I might add. But uh, yeah, our, these jobs, you sometimes have to pinch yourself when you, you realize what you get up to on a daily basis. And also the dress code. I mean, yes, it's, you know, I, I see, I see that Andy hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, it's jeans and, and tacky or trainers oh. and then hoodies. It's, it's not the worst dress code either. No, not at all. Especially dressed in Adidas, you know, it's like, as I say, if you're dressed in Adidas, you can't be unhappy. It's just like, exactly. that is, guys, that is science. I promise you. Um, <laughs> it's an Addy plug there. But so I guess how, how does recruitment work? You know, like you guys, just the amount of athletes you guys have at the moment. Uh, you look at Wade, who's just won his, his race, which is awesome. That's an incredible story. But what, what do you think makes your brand so attractive to... I mean, you look at New Zealand, that's full of Adidas. South Africa is mm. just Adidas. What, what do you think makes Adidas so attractive to these guys? Well, listen, Other than how we can't be in their boss, you know? Oh, uh, look, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the dream, obviously. Um, no, I mean, listen, it's the best brand. And uh, yes, I'm saying it because I work here, but I wouldn't be working here if it wasn't. You know, it's yeah. the same as, as the players I have in my stable uh, or that we have within the Adidas stable. There's a reason I support them. Like we, they're in our stable because we believe they're the best in their positions and, and in their peer groups and stuff. So you always want the guys that are in Adidas to do well. It's, it's quite simple. It's not that I, yeah. I don't like guys, don't like guys from other brands. I mean, hell, one of my, my favorite sportsmen of all time has to be Roger Federer, you know, yeah. um, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> um, but at the moment, um, you, you, you tend to gravitate towards the guys that are in your brand. I mean, look, it's, a, it's an incredible brand. I mean, the founder, Eddie Dassler, he was... You know, he was determined to do the best for the athlete. That was his sort of mantra. I mean, he, he, uh, him and his brother, you know, parted ways. His brother, his brother started Puma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eddie started, uh, Eddie Dasta started Adidas. And, and he was one of the first guys that, that used to, I think, I'm going to get it wrong now, what, which match it was, but the German national football team was playing a match. And uh, I think the, I think the conditions was, it was quite wet, wet underfoot and the players were slipping. So at half time, he ran into the change room and changed everybody's studs into longer studs. That's mad. Like that was, and, and there's a great picture of him sitting at somewhere in the office here of him doing the studs and it's only the best for the athlete. And that, that's, that was his mantra. And that's what I believe, you know, if a, a player needs a pair of boots, 
if a player is sitting in Valcom, he needs a pair of boots, I'll get those boots to him. You know, yeah, come hella yeah. high water, we'll get him those boots. So yeah, uh, in terms of recruitment, you know, you you I guess sometimes you need a bit of luck, um, but sometimes you you could spot Damien Willemser from a mile away. You know, when he <laughs> yeah. was in grade eleven, it was it was pretty obvious that he'd be a, a fairly decent rugby player. You know, um, but as I say, a little bit of luck helps. You know, you look look at a guy, you know, look at poor Andre Pollard for argument's sake, you know, he in between two serious knee, his second serious knee injury now, he's yeah. also won a World Cup, you know, so he's damn lucky that he's, his ACLs have been in non-World Cup years for argument's sake, his life could be a lot different, but uh, some guys, yeah, some guys have had some some bad luck already this year, never mind, you know, not, yeah. not just Andre, but yeah, I think timing's, timing's everything and, and you like to think that you know what you're doing, but um you know, the key is also, I think, within Eddie, we we look at the holistic, we look at the athletes holistically. You know, it's not just yeah. about performances; about it's about what they offer as as human beings as well. You know, do yes, they have? Yeah, a, exactly. What do they want to do outside of their chosen sports? And I think we have, and the obvious guy you have to mention is Sir Khaleesi. I mean, yeah, what has he not done off the field? You know, know. Um, it's just incredible. Uh, Wait for Nickark; he's got an incredible sure. story. As born as a very premature baby. And uh, becoming a world champion from lane eight, world record holder, you know, from a, a lane that people didn't think he would even win from. And now bouncing back from a big knee injury, even a COVID illness on his way to Europe. I mean, he's wow. mentally, he's just one of the strongest, you know, he's yeah. just a very pure, strong, got a lot of, lot of self-belief, very spiritual guy. And mm. you just want him. I mean, can you imagine the excitement next year if we go off, like Team SA goes off to the Olympics and Wade wins gold and Akali oh, wins gold. And, you know, yeah, I mean, with the World Cup, I'd say. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it really, and I think a guy like Akani Zambini has got a real, I mean, I, I'm running, I'd like to think I know a little bit about running, not as much as I do about running <laughs> and cricket, but, but Akani Zambini is just, he's poised, you know, he's, he, he just won three out of three in Europe now, and um, he ran That's a 10-2 last night, I mean, it's not slow at all, though. <laughs> um, and if he, I'd love to see both of them come back uh, uh, from Tokyo next year with gold medals around their necks. Yeah, so, so I guess... Adidas is kind of it's it's relationship based, you know. So you you are gonna build a relationship with with the person before the athlete, I guess is what, which which is probably why it's it's that attractive as well as well as being um, some awesome gear. But I think that relationships are are everything, and I think you guys have got it so right <laughs> with no, the, with the athletes. I think it's important. Like I, I really. Um couldn't stress this enough i just think in everyday life like without trying to impart wisdom on a on a youngster <laughs> or anything like that now I, I really just believe that you know you could ask a tom dawson squib or a john dobson or yeah. you, know, you can ask graham henry or eddie jones or anybody uh, i and i really think they would say relationships are key you know it's about respect um giving people space to to achieve something but at the same time obviously just keeping a little a little tight rein on them to ensure that they, they're doing what they need to do and and uh, yeah, I mean, the one thing, another another good thing like that, that Dobbo's always taught like his players and stuff within a team environment is like you get onto the team bus, you walk up to the the, the guy driving the bus, you introduce yes. yourself, yeah, find out what his name is, Very ask him cool. a little bit about himself. And then it's that kind of thing, taking a minute out of your day to, to ask somebody else, how are you? You know, what's driving you today? You know, because people have got stories there. Eh? Everyone's got a story. Yeah, that, yeah. I think so. So let's play a word game. It's just very quick. Uh, so the first word or phrase that comes to your your head uh, for these these words. Um, so first one, Adidas. Yes, I mean nah, the best brand in the world, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Weinberg. Weinberg, just just super. I'm just super grateful for for the foundation. You know, just having. Learned so much there, uh, not in the classroom, I might add, but uh, yes. making some great connections, uh, great, great time. Our era was very different to your era, so we beat Ronda Bosch all the time. So don't, don't oh, I sure. I've heard it all before. I've heard it all before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Stormers. Yeah, just an honor, huh? like an absolute honor to have been involved there. Uh, again, made some great connections. Um, a great brand that you just want to. You just hope that they make the right decisions in the in the oh, next few years. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> I, I I know I know. Uh, UCT. Yeah, I mean that's for the love of the game. Uh, you know, like I said, you Dobber. Uh, sorry, I know I'm going a bit long here. You wanted one word, so one word. No, 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 no it's just perfect. It's perfect. 
for like Dobbo going off to buy the strapping for the team, you know, a couple of days before match day. There's people at UCT that like your Phil Kira, Phil Kira's, Neil McDonald's, um, people like that, that I don't, um, well, I'm missing John LaRue, of course, the godfather, John LaRue. I don't think people would know who they are, but yet these guys are, are they're very successful businessmen that have put a lot of their own money into that club to see it flourish only because they had some of their best memories there when they were students. Sure. These guys, they, they've invested time and money as, as adults with kids, grandkids, missing grandkids' weddings just to be at UCT. <laughs> um, missing kids' weddings to be at UCT. And, and yet they were also running the tea on for when guys, or the bringing the sand on for when the guys were kicking at posts and stuff like that. So doing it purely for the love of the game, for nothing else but that. Yo, uh, you, um, Newlands. Uh, yeah, special, special place in my heart. Um, you know, to have called that home for four years, not many people, like I had a set of Jealous. keys to get into Newlands, you know, if I <laughs> yeah. wanted to go have a party there on a Saturday night, I could just go let myself in and go, go have a jewel. No, I mean, uh, just, um, great an honor and, and, and great memories. Uh, Springboks. Yeah. I mean, the, they are, they are what South Africa represents. And how cool is it to see that team that won last year being so representative and yes. just being so just good on the field, off the field. And it gives us hope, man. The Springboks give us hope. That, that's awesome. I actually spoke to Renee Naylor, the, the Springbok physio, and she said like from where she started, that just the dynamic of it, the team has changed like ridiculously almost 100 percent and, and i mean look how successful we have been this last year and uh, it's just been it's been awesome to see i think um yeah uh, and cricket my first love by by some distance i, I was I, cricket I, I agree i agree i'm the same cricket all the way i mean we i watched like benson and hedges night series you know back in the day uh, <laughs> was insane and watching like when obviously SA went back in international cricket yet, you know, watching the Ashes and stuff like that, oh. whenever you were able to, and like the fearsome West Indies, those fast bowlers from the 80s, you know, Marshall and, and his teammates were, were scary. And then 92, um, my first year of high school, when, uh, when we were back in the World Cup, that was insane. So that was in Australia, New Zealand. We used to get up in boarding school, all kinds. You weren't allowed out of your dorm at a certain time, but we were up at four in the morning running around <laughs> in the common room, like watching, uh, stealing coffee from the prefects. And yeah, you know, it was just, just incredible, an incredible time. And that 1992 and 1999 in the semifinal, when we, when we tied with the Aussies and lost, those are, Ooh. without a shadow of a doubt, my worst sporting memories. Like the darkest by, days, darkest days. Darkest days, <laughs> by some distance. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, so I suppose at province now, let, let's shift our attention to, to province. What, what role did you play at, at the union? And then so again was, with Leicester Tigers and, and the Crusaders. Okay. Yeah. So at, uh, Leicester Tigers, I was a communications officer, uh, I reported into the head of comms and marketing. So all I, I was basically just the content man at Leicester Tigers. Uh, I had to, um, given my history as a rugby writer, I had to produce content and upload it to the website and okay. uh, did the match program, did some, uh, any sort of content that came out of Leicester Tigers was done by me. In those days, there was no social media, you know? So there was like a, okay. I don't know if you know what a message board is, you know, it was like a chat forum or whatever. So I'd have to like monitor the chat forum and, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. I did a little bit of like MC work for like small things, like interviews with players and stuff okay. like that. Um, so yeah, like very, very cool. And uh, a huge, like, mentioned um, dealing with Sonny Bill Williams but I, when I got to England uh, at that stage Martin Johnson and Neil Back and all those guys had just won the World Cup with England so like a huge opportunity to rub shoulders with them and, and, and learn a bit about them and their game and like, English rugby is so different to South African rugby but I think um, you can take a lot of good from it as well um, or you could learn quite a bit from it the, the way they approach the game, uh, very, very, very different. And also, actually when I got to Leicester Tigers Yaku Fanavestes and had just done a stint there and he was a god like, <laughs> he was he, they just absolutely loved him he just did a short-term stint there because he missed selection he missed out on selection for the world cup in 03 okay. um or initially he did sorry um and he was just 
A god there. Absolute, <laughs> absolute god. Then at uh, the Crusaders, I just consulted when they were in South Africa. They were there for two weeks. They were there for a pool game or a league game and in the semifinal. Okay. So I just sat in on some team talks and stuff and, and ran a few press conferences for them. It was actually talk of um, they were kind of like half trying to recruit me, but yes, New Zealand just seemed a bit too far away at that stage <laughs> for me. Um, but secluded. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit secluded. And actually, the Christchurch earthquakes had just happened then, so like okay, the, the, yeah. the, the, the town was in a bit of disarray. City town, I'm not sure what you can call Christchurch. Yeah. And then yeah, at uh, at province had a hell of a title. I think what head of communications or something. You know, it's all about the title. Um, and and they uh, reported into the GM of of, of marketing there. And um, yeah, again, just very similar to Leicester Tigers, content production, and and just trying to set the tone in terms of the media in, in the Cape. Yeah. You know, the Western Cape media are without a doubt, the most fanatical um, of, of, of all media in the country. You know, like I, I'd say the home of rugby in South Africa is Cape Town because SA Rugby is here for argument's sake. So yeah. generally you've got a few more. The Stormers will always get the most press, you know, negative or positive. They will always get the most press. So yeah, at times you could have um, a lot of media coming to one conference. You know, if there was a big announcement, you could expect to have a few guys coming in there for that. Um, yeah, just fantastic opportunities you know like working on like when they won the curry cup in 2012 in durban was was a great memory and working on the trophy tour because you know province hadn't won a curry cup in 11 years at that stage wow um and working on the trophy tour as you took we took the trophy all around cape town it was just <laughs> unbelievable you know and then like the bus breaking down um just outside uct and then everyone had to like <laughs> no. get off the bus and walk down to newlands and you know, like <laughs> just just some some great moments a lot of a lot of blood sweat and tears and that's one reason why like I really can't, I just don't have it in me to criticize sportsmen because once you see yeah. what they go through, there's no sportsman goes out there on a Saturday to lose uh, or sports yeah. person. Like they don't. Um, yes, they might play horrifically, but I can, I can tell you they didn't do it on purpose. And giving, I think everybody should maybe just spend a couple of days there just at, at a union or in an organization to find out just how much these, these athletes put in uh, on a daily basis. You know, like waking up on a Monday morning, unable to walk, going to training, still training and doing that for two, three days in the week, traveling, missing out. You know, I said, I missed a few 21sts and whatever in my time. These guys miss weddings of their best friends when they're 30, you know, um, yeah. a bit different to a 21st or a, mm. a mate who gets married at 21. It's a little bit different. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, unbelievable time there. And uh, met, again, as I, I tend to say a lot, met cool people, made some good connections. And I still deal with a lot of them today, um, which obviously through through some of the sponsorships and stuff like that yeah that's that's awesome yeah i that's actually why i started this i uh, i don't you know i, I try to keep it um not, i don't want to say lifestyle because that's for me it's a bit uh a bit i don't know cringe but i think just to understand the personalities behind sportsmen because again like you see on facebook and it's old people um just love love typing on on articles about players and, and you know it's like you, you gotta you gotta realize like these guys don't stuff up on purpose and mm. that's kind of actually why i started this just so i can also understand uh, if i had to go into coaching one day just players and just yeah they're human beings you know they don't, they don't mess up on purpose and the work oh. they put in is crazy it's just i mean from an outsider's perspective so far it 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 just looks like it's not for the faint-hearted at all. So no, it's not. Uh, it's not. I mean, like also, you know, I'm sure people have people deal with failures on a daily basis. You know, and if you, if, for example, if I do something wrong at work, uh, I can guarantee you that 60 million people in South Africa don't yes. know about that. Yes. So yeah. when the Springboks lose, 60 million people do know about that. So yeah. it's um, no, of course, I, I can tell you. Uh, cliche of all but nobody hurts more than those players and those coaches after a game like nobody 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 and one of the best one of the best things i've ever actually seen in in respect to that in relation to that is after so province won the curry cup in 2017 in durban uh, john dobson was the coach um, and you know damon williams was at fullback as a youngster and uh, just it was an outstanding outstanding win um, against all odds they, they needed to beat the Sharks in the last league game just to get into the semis. And then they got into semis, got a home semi, won that, and then played the, the, the Sharks in Durban and won there. And then the next year, the roles were reversed and the Sharks came here and beat and beat Western Province. And, the, and Province were going for a perfect season and a, and a double, which was yeah. almost yeah. hadn't been done in, in, since 2001, 2000, or 2000-2001. And they lost. And who would have expected that? You know, we had all... Uh, 
I told my wife, look, don't expect me home until Sunday morning. I'm going to go jaw with everybody. And, and there we are sitting at the Slug and Lettuce in Newlands and, and they'd lost. And all the players were there and or most of them were there. A lot of people drinking, a lot of noise. And, and Dobbo managed to get the DJ to sort of keep quiet for a bit or the, turn the music down. And he, and he stood up in front of everyone in the Slug, fans, players, everything. He said, guys, we, we need to celebrate. We, we can't just sulk because we've lost like these people have come to watch us as players i've told you all year long we need to be good humans if we don't be if we're not good humans tonight we're failing what we set out to achieve at the start of the year and they they had a little fines meeting there and they got people like people off the street were getting involved and they were all singing songs together and yeah it was amazing you know of course you 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 should you shouldn't be celebrating a defeat but they were just trying to make um, the best out of a bad situation and, and i think they won a lot of friends by doing so yeah Oh, how are you doing for Tom, Howie? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a right. I'm a right. I, uh, how long have we been going for you? Uh, talk. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like four, uh, 45 minutes. Uh, but I just got a couple more questions, I think. Yeah. No, no, go just, for it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to look to carry on for as long as possible. But you must just tell me when you got to, you say, Robbie, stop, and then we'll, we'll cut it. And set, set, set your timer there. We've got 15 minutes. I can give you 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let, let's move on to the box. I know you said you can't give too much, uh, too, too much opinion. Um, but yeah, I think, do we go to Australia or don't we? I know we need the, we, certainly we need, we need the money and we, but um, it's like sort of the lamb to the slaughterhouse or something. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Eh? I mean, I, I never would have thought last year. I mean, How's this? Last year, last year today, I landed in Japan. I was there yeah, for the I first week that. of the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. It's what, a, what an what an experience! And I don't think we ever. I mean, I think we all wanted the Springboks to win. Um, you, you hope, 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 and there they won it. And and I don't think we ever expected the next year. By this time, we wouldn't have lost a game. But of course, the the fact yeah. is, we haven't played a game. So I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a truly, truly crazy year. Um, I think to suddenly make them go and play now would be quite unfair on them. You know, the, the yeah. New Zealand guys have got a bit of a head start in terms of uh, having played their, their local Super Rugby tournament and stuff. I just think um, it could do them a bit of an, an injustice. But I guess you can't hide. You know, you've got to front up at some point. But at the same time, it's quite worrying that you've lured Tiagas out for six months. Erges mm -hmm. Neyman did his ACL. Andre Pollard's done his ACL. You know, Bongi Umbanambi tore his hamstring off the bone. You know, hardly played Super Rugby. Right. Hushal Yankees broke his leg the last time the Storm was played. Kitsi popped a bicep the last time. So, yeah, you've got all these catastrophic injuries. I mean, these are injuries that are happening by accident, but they're, yeah. they're all serious. You know, you can't blame conditioning on, 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 on that. Mm. So I just worry that if we, if we force these guys to play, come the Lions turn next year, we could be, you know, might have to call Victor Matfield back or something. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I just think whatever we do, we've really got to look at the, the well-being of the players. Uh, I mean, they are, whether we like it or not, they are the assets. Um, yes, they are, yeah. That's yeah. why we want to go watch them, uh, want to sponsor them, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I look now in England, they're playing, they're finishing the premiership, the, the, current, the current premiership season, where normally the, uh, in rugby, normally the new season's kicked off by now. Normally yeah. the new season's like two weeks old already. Now they're still busy finishing up. These guys in England are playing two games a week. So you, you look at like the Saracens team, there's guys you don't even know. They're all from the academy or whatever. And then the next week they play their strongest team. But how the hell can you... Um, they, and now they're shifting into Europe this weekend. They're playing the, the European Cup quarterfinals. That's, no, it's, it's tough on these guys, you know. And I, I see Dylan Hartley's written a book, which ordinarily I don't think I'd actually... I've uh, never. I, he wasn't my favorite player. Um, but his book sounds hell of interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he just talks about burnout and how these players are just sort of, they burnt their bodies out and stuff like that. And, and I can see that. I mean, you, these players put their, their bodies on line and no player is ever going to go in. Like I said, they're not going to go in to go lose on a Saturday, but then you must see how they train. They, yeah. In order to win, they train even harder. So it's, it's, it's very, very tough. Whatever decision gets made will you just hope gets made in the best interests of the players. But luckily, you know, like with Rassi Erasmus and Jacques Ninabe in charge, you've you got two guys that are damn smart and they never, they wouldn't expose their players. Of course, it's just whether or not they've, they've got a choice yeah, <laughs> in, their, yeah. in the matter. I mean, I, I think Joe Marler tweeted, he was like, Who's, whose idea was it to have nine games, no, what's it? Yeah, nine games in seven or whatever, how many weeks? I was like, mm. 
Mm. It's just crazy. And then actually on, on that Dylan Hartley thing, uh, it's James Haskell has a podcast as well called The Good, mm. the Bad and the Rugby. And he actually was went on and he was speaking about like, yeah, he played 98 tests for England. Um, but now he's like, he's got memory loss and he's so, you know, you got to feel for the guys who, who put mm. their, their, um, their bodies on the line so much mm. for, for the game. No, absolutely. I mean, you look at look at a guy like John Villiers. You know, he played over 100 tests, sure. but how many games didn't he miss? You know, with various knee injuries and shoulder ops and all kinds of things. I'll never forget when uh, the Stormers were on tour. We we did a, a media conference, like a sort of in those days we didn't have Zoom, so I can't even remember how we used to get it done. We did like an old school teleconference. Um, everyone had to like dial in, and, and one of the guys I said, look, you know, John, are you are you 100% fit to play? And John said, well, actually, I'm not, but I'm never 100% fit to play. <laughs> and they ran the headline on the Monday, De Villiers plays, I always play with injuries. And it was like, but hang on, he never said that. He, yeah. And it's exactly what Dylan Hartley said in an interview that I heard uh, on, on the Times podcast. And he said, listen, there's no way you were ever 100% fit to every game. It's just not humanly possible. Be. No, you can't. Um, so these guys, they, they really do put their bodies on the line. I mean, look, it's a, it must be – an incredible, like we'd all love to be professional sportsmen or rugby players, whatever, but sure, it, it, you, you certainly push your body. You know, you imagine that like rev counter in your car, you know, when you're yes, revving yeah. the car <laughs> and it gets into the red line, red line, the black of the car goes fast, but <laughs> hell's tea, well, it makes a nice noise, but yo, you know, it's not good for the car. <laughs> that, that, that is a great uh, description. Um, yeah, I think let, let's move on to the Lions. How, how excited are you, are you for the tour? And then also maybe some predictions. What's, what's it going to do for, for SA Rugby in terms of a victory for us? Listen, I, I cannot wait. Eh? I absolutely cannot wait. Like, I, I watched the, the first test in 97 at Newlands. Um, cried myself to sleep that night. Uh, Matt Dawson's <laughs> little dummy in the corner. Uh, 2009, I managed to go to Durban for the first test, Jovic for the third test. And I, I caught one of the games at Newlands, or one or two of the games at Newlands. It, it is, to me... It's a, it's a rugby tour, which is just the best. So, I, I, it honestly rivals a World Cup in my mind. Like, it's just, 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 just behind a World Cup. I mean, yeah. the reality is, too, um, I think Victor Matfield said it. He's played in a lot of World, what, 03, 7, 11, 15. He played in four World Cups, but only one Lions tour. That's mad. You know, so, the Percy Montgomery uh, played in the Lions tour in 97 and then was a coach by, by the time 2009 came. So, in terms of once in a lifetime without... It is once in a lifetime. Like, yeah. there's no other way. You know, it is. I mean, maybe Beast must have been tempted to maybe carry on for one more crack at the Lions. But, I mean, he did it in, in 09, you know. So, it'll be outstanding. It'll be great for the, I mean, it, look, let's say let's say no COVID here. Uh, and it was definitely, definitely happening. And all travels open. Being insane for the economy at the best of times. It'll be insane for the Springbok or SA rugby economy. Never mind. Um, you know, the amount of tourists that come. I've got a lot of friends that are coming. Um you know, all my mates from 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 back when I was back in England. There's some incredible people coming over. The the, the English, the Lions fans tour well. You know, and it comes to Africa on the exchange rate. I mean, I mean like there's, you know, it is it is just insane. I hope and pray that that the tour happens, and that there's no restrictions um, at all. Uh, you know, fingers crossed on that side. And you know, in terms of on the field, look, I think it's a the Springboks will win, and I'm not just. Not just saying so, but like I think the they, the Springboks of the, they're just the most physical team in the world. You know, people people don't like playing against them. Yeah, and, and they've got some incredible, skillful players to to mix in with that. So yeah, I think the Springboks at home they'll win it without a without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, you know, whether it's two one or three nil remains to be seen. But yeah, I mean, let's say two one to the Boca. Um, I just hope. Uh, first and foremost, that all our best players are available because yes. um, you don't want guys to miss out on that. You hope that a Pollard and Lurti Yaga and Erges Neman and all those, all those guys are somehow back in, in, in the mix by then. And, and you also just hope that, that all the tourists can come out for that. Yeah. Do you, so are you like certain that the box will win? Uh, obviously, I'm a yeah. huge Springbok fan and I, I, and I want them to win and I think they will win. But there is a, there is a part of me that's like that Lions team under Warren Gatlin is going to be insane. Listen, he, he is an outstanding rugby sure. coach. I mean, there, there's even, uh, you know, there's this wild rumor that Scott Robertson wants to get involved as well. I mean, you know, they, they, the beauty is they Nasty can bring anybody rumor. that... Yeah, they can bring anybody that they want. I mean, I see James Lowe, who plays for Leinster, is qualifying for Ireland next year. So he can come on that tour. And he's, 
year on form is one of the better wings in the world. You know, they they've got some outstanding, outstanding rugby players. You know, Maro Toje yeah. is, is exceptionally good rugby player. Uh, Kyle Sinclair is like quite a skillful prop, but I mean, you know, he he lasted two minutes in the World Cup final. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, look at again, and I, I think a lot of it is luck. You know, like I said, I hope Pollard's back and Lewis back, etc. If they're not back, it's going to be a different story. Mm. Um, with, you know, without a doubt. Um, hopefully, the don't forget that a lot of our top players are playing abroad at the moment, playing in England, know these guys very well. Um, you True. Know, the, True. the other thing, I guess, that, you know, the one thing is we haven't played a lot this year. So, Jacques Ninaba hasn't had really had a lot of time as, as the new head coach with his new combinations and stuff. But I think, you know, form and fitness as it was, not as it is, because there's no form and fitness at the moment. Yeah. Form and fitness as it was, it'll be a hell of a series. Blood and guts will get spilt, but I, yeah, I think the Springboks are... Springboks 3-0. Okay, you heard it. I don't mind. I don't mind. Keep that in with pleasure. As long as we celebrate in, in Greenpoint, then, then it's fine. Then doesn't yeah. matter what happens anywhere else. Uh, exactly. So let's go into the Q&A quick. Uh, who, who do you prefer more, Jonesy or Pickles? For the guys at home, <laughs> Pickles is Chris Van Sales, just by the way, for the guys yeah, at home. Yeah, no, Flippe. I mean, Jonesy left us, eh? Uh, he yeah, left he us and he, dogged and he, us. And he even, even left Adidas when he left South Africa. So, uh, Chris Van Sales all the way. Um, <laughs> I beat him, on, beat him on the golf course quite recently. Um, and he actually tried to phone me a lot today and I kept missing his calls. So, I, Chris Van Sales. <laughs> okay. Uh, how does recruitment work for players playing overseas? Uh, are you talking within Adidas? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so generally, it's, if a guy is based in South Africa, I'll look after him. If he's based okay, there, yeah. then it's a little bit tougher. But uh, at the moment, it's changed a bit now with the guy still playing for the Springboks. So generally, the a player, yeah, I mean, let's just say you leave tomorrow and go play for Wasps. I've never, I've never heard of you before. It's going to be quite hard for me to sort of start yes. looking after you. But if yeah. we've got an existing relationship, there's, there's, yeah. there's many ways to, to make things work. And is there Howie Khan of England? Yeah, there is. Yep, there is. Okay. Um, but yeah. generally, the, the countries tend to work quite separately from each other. But there's always ways and means to, to help okay. people out. Okay. Uh, and then which sport compromises your main focus or comprises your main focus in SA? I'm say, well, rugby compromises because I tend to concentrate <laughs> on that too much. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, it's rugby, cricket, uh, road running, track and field, trail running. Uh, in my personal portfolio. Um, and then, of course, there's within Adidas stable, football is a huge, huge part yes. of the business, obviously, yeah. as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically all the sports, really. Yeah. Okay, okay. Howie, thanks so much. I know you're a busy, busy man, and I really appreciate you taking just this. It looks like an hour now that we've, yeah, we've chatted. So, so a lot of shit, yeah. <laughs> it feels like five minutes. So thanks so much. I, I really do admire what you've done and it's something someone I certainly look up to and would love to have a beer with uh, sometime soon. So thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. My uh, pleasure, Ravi. Look, you, you, you say you look up to me, but when you meet me in person, you'll probably look down on me. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exactly, uh, I'm Faf de Klerk height, uh, Herschel Yankees height. But no, listen, lovely to have, uh, to be on here. Thank you for asking me. Like I said in the beginning, you, you must have run out of guests uh, scraping the barrel with, with the likes of myself. Uh, but a, a, a pleasure to be on you. And well done with what you've done. I, I've, I've had a listen a couple of weeks ago for the first time. And then I caught up after you got hold of me. I try to catch up a bit. Um, like really like uh, keep doing what you're doing. And um, you're just keeping those relationships strong. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up. We'll get your uncle to come pay for the beers. And we go grab a yeah, beer. Yeah, it's, it's on him. It's back to normal. No, <laughs> awesome. sounds good, man. Howie, thanks so much.